The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. Work. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both of you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the world-famous Jonesy and Brown show. That is Mike Jones. I am John Brown. We are your Philly sports bulls. Here to talk Philly sports for the next hour or so. Uh, Real quick, at the top of the show, uh, because it just came down over the wires, uh, grace and peace uh, and prayers to the family. NFL great Dick Butkus died today at the age of 80. One of the all-time greats. Uh, shout out, shout out to him. Shout Bears, out to his family. Uh, ironic that he passes as the Bears prepare to play on Thursday on night. Thursday football. night football. Yes, one of the most recognizable names of any yes. Bears player ever. Yes, known for toughness, physicality, like. That real Chicago style of football, yes. he exemplified it. Yes, definitely. And, and he was definitely somebody who was truly iconic, who, who like twofold. It was what he did on the field during his playing career, and then his life after football. He was just as famous. Where there's truly generations of people who did who didn't even know he played football, but still knew who he was because mm-hmm. he was. He was that big of a star, you know, doing acting and, and, and sports commentary and stuff like that. So sorry to hear him go. Uh, sorry to hear him pass. I, I, you know, just prayers for his family and friends and everybody. So I just wanted to say that to start the show. Also, got my Morgan State hat on because I must represent my alma mater. We had a uh, uh, some 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 sad times this week, but I just wanted to show show some love to Morgan State University. We are the national treasure. And when you say sad times, you're not referring to the football team. <sighs> Bro, well, well, you know what? That, that that's 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 a whole nother story, man. There there were some actual real life things that happened at Morgan yes. this week. Yeah. And yeah, yeah we def- definitely want to send thoughts and prayers, prayers to, to anyone them, yes. who's involved and yeah. It's just yep. a wild world we live in these days. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Hey, man, uh, before we start getting into the, the to the real stuff, and we'll talk Eagles uh, a little bit later on, but I wanted to start with this because I wanted I wanted to uh, start with a real quick Eagles point. We'll circle back. We'll talk more about the Eagles and their upcoming game a little bit later on. But the growing controversy, if you want to call it that, over the quarterback sneak and the Eagles playing the quarterback sneak, utilizing the quarterback sneak. You know, you hear all types of different uh, names for it, uh, slang terms, whatever you want to call it, the tush push, uh, the brotherly shove, whatever, you know, whatever people are calling it. But now people want it banned. Mike Jones, you've always been a champion for common sense. Mike Jones, you've always been someone who's had a low tolerance for foolishness. I need you to speak on this 
People want that ban. People want to stop that. People, Chris Sims said, hey, man, he'd go out there and he'd hurt the quarterback. He'd, he'd injure the quarterback to stop it. What are your thoughts? All right, so first of all, this Chris Sims dude, if your daddy's name wasn't Phil, nobody know who you are. <clears throat> Because you yeah. weren't a good, you weren't a good quarterback. So was not. No, no, no. He was not. In fact, he was and, probably and a better. He was a he, Chris Sims. Let's let's keep it real. Chris oh, Sims was a better quarterback than he was a uh, football oh, commentator. Hold on, I'm, I didn't even get this stuff off. So just let uh -huh. me run for a second because this Chris okay. Sims dude. Chris Sims, let him. Yeah, he, he was not a good quarterback. He he was on TV by the time. Anyone else in his draft class was just hitting their football prime. You know, like he's on TV already. Like you got drafted by your daddy's team. They ain't even want to give you a chance. Like when nepot when nepotism doesn't work for someone who looks like Chris Sims, mm -hmm. you know he's bad. He's just bad. Like when nepotism can't save you, and you look like Chris Sims, it's a wrap. Just go ahead and go home. So I don't want to talk about him no more. Now that being said, I really thought this whole conversation was over after this past weekend because you know there's all the off season there was to talk about oh competition committee should ban it, and then it comes back and it, oh it's not a not a football play. Mm -hmm. How many teams? Failed this weekend trying to run that play. At least I saw at least four teams fail trying to run that play, and the Giants not only failed, but got two offensive linemen injured on one on one snap while trying to attempt to run that play. So don't tell me that just anybody can do it. And it, no, the Eagles are successful at it because the Eagles have a great offensive line. And they have a physically gifted quarterback. For 15, 18 years, whatever it was, when Tom Brady was quarterback sneaking at 90% plus in, in New England, nobody mm -hmm. said ban the quarterback sneak because Tom Brady was better at it than everyone else. Now Jalen Hurts is better than at, at it than everyone else. There's always someone, whether it's because of the line figures out leverage or the quarterback just knows how to find the right hole, there is an art to quarter to the quarterback sneak. Always has been, always will be. If your team's not good at it, okay. I mean, let's see. Who who's a good football team? Name, name a good football team. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Best quarterback in the league plays for the Chiefs, right? Yes. What if they made a rule that says it's unfair? That Patrick Mahomes can sling it sidearm when somebody's tackling him and go downfield is and still be accurate because we thought we had him and nobody else can do that. So mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes, this is now illegal for you to throw a sidearm mm -hmm. throw. Yeah, sidearm sidearm throws are not football plays. If they, if they say that baseball play, sidearm mm -hmm. throws are baseball plays. That's what this sounds like to me. It's foolishness. If a team has an advantage, use it. If you don't want the team to have that advantage, figure out how to stop it. 
I'm look, man. Uh, I am in. I'm in agreement with you. I look at it like this. Don't be. You can't be mad at the Eagles. The Eagles come out every week with a offensive line they built entirely through the draft. This wasn't a. This wasn't a. A go out here and 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 bring in the two biggest free agent names or, or anything like that. This is a draft. With the, with- Howie Roseman has made it a priority to invest in the offensive line yes. through the draft. Through there, the draft. There are no free agent O-linemen starting. Mm-hmm. There are very limited amount in the rotation at all, on the roster at all. Mm-hmm. Um, even your top backups are drafted Our players. Drafted Tyler pick. Steen, a drafted player. This is a priority for this team. Yes, yes. This team prior this team prioritized building through this offensive line by building through the draft. You have mm-hmm. picks. You have players who were picked all throughout the draft. Your They're right not all tackle, first round picks. Yes, your right tackle, a first round pick. Round pick. Your left tackle, a, a six, a, a sixth or seventh round pick that you had on your practice squad that you that you mm-hmm. built up until he could be your prize left tackle both your guards second round picks both your starting guards are second round picks your center has now been inherited by the last three coaches mm-hmm. your center one of the last remaining Andy Reid guys mm-hmm. and now we're talking about the third coach since Andy Reid your quarterback has been your your quarterback is known for squatting six Hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. He's not an easy tackle. Quarterback be in the gym. You don't like whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. Bottom line is this: if you don't like the fact that they run this play, tell your GM to do a better job, get better players, and tell your quarterback to get in the gym. Plain and simple. Don't talk to me about what's a football play. Don't talk to me about anything else. Bottom line is. People haven't stopped it because they can't stop it because this line is too big. Then their quarterback is too strong. Trying to stop it by trying to stop it by changing the rules ain't football. That's not football. You stop it. It's it's like you see it in football all the time. Teams get teams get two great wide receivers. What do other teams in that division do? Get better DBs. Teams get more. Teams have mobile quarterbacks. What do other teams in that division do? Get better. Get better linebackers. More athlete, Get more athletic on the on your ends and your linebackers. Exactly. Bottom line is, if you're the if you're the Commanders, if you're the Cowboys, if you're the Giants, and you know they're running this play on you guys two times a year, get a better defensive line, get a better front seven. Plain and simple. If your team, if you feel like your team is, is a perennial playoff team, if you're in the NFC and you're a perennial playoff team, and you know at some point in time to get to a Super Bowl, you have to go through Philadelphia. Beef up your defensive line because if they get in the short yardage situations, they're going to run that play. And they're going to take that big offensive line that Howie Roseman has been building for years 
and push the ball down your throat. Because that's really the thing. You don't build your offensive line. You don't build your defensive line. You spend all your first-round picks on corners and receivers and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Don't be upset when the team that has multiple top two, top first and second round picks, and then an athletic freak who happened to turn out to be a monster, even though he was a seventh round pick on the O-line. We invested mm -hmm. in this line. Mm-hmm. You, know, you could have had Jordan. My Jordan Mala spent what? Every two, maybe three years on the practice squad? Oh, forget the practice squad. He got drafted in the seventh round. Mm-hmm. He Literally was there. Every, every team in the league could have looked and said, this guy is 6'8", 380, and a physical freak. Let's mm -hmm. go teach him how to play O-line. Nah. You know who did that? Philly, Philly did that. Exactly. Because when, when I say every team, I literally mean every team had six chances to draft them. Mm -hmm. Some teams had seven. Like, what are we talking about now? Like, your O-line doesn't get it done? Not my fault. Draft a better O-line. Your D-line can't stop it? Again, not my fault. Exactly. Get a better D-line. It hasn't so had 100. The Eagles haven't had 100% success rate with it. No, they've been stopped. They've been stopped. But what are we even talking about? At this point, this conversation needs to go away. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. Completely with you. All right, so let's let it go away, man. Because we have other things to talk about. One of the things that we have to talk about is the Philadelphia Phillies. Phillies have moved on. They have swept the Miami Marlins. They have moved on to the NLDS where they will face one more time the Atlanta Braves. Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola both pitched great games in the wild card. A lot of people were worried about Nola. I think people pretty felt pretty confident going in about Aaron, uh, about Zach Wheeler. You want me to be, uh, so here's the thing with that. With Nola, you're mm -hmm. right. There were a lot of people who had questions regarding Nola. But for me, the people who were truly questioning and worried about Nola mm -hmm. probably missed the last few weeks of the regular season. Mm -hmm. If you watch Nola's last two starts specifically, you could see that he regained control of his of his breaking pitches, because specifically the um curveball, which when Nola's going. That's a dangerous weapon for him, but he hadn't really had good command of that most of this year. When you see it working, this is the NOLA you get. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I get based on the season NOLA had, there was some issues with home runs especially, where, yeah, if you were just looking at the numbers for the year, it's definitely cause for concern. But the last two starts of Nola season had me relaxed. Mm -hmm. I expected that game. I didn't. 
I was more surprised by the seven runs than I was by Nola's pitching. Now, I expected the offense to score. I expected Nola to pitch well. I expected maybe like a 4-1 game type of thing. It's more similar to what game, mm-hmm. how game one went. Mm-hmm. The offense went for, did better. The pitching did better. But the gaps between expectations and reality for me, the gap was smaller on the pitching expectations to reality than it was on the offensive expectations to reality. So this this Phillies team, they're just ready. They're just rolling. They're ready to go. They seem confident. They seem loose. They seem like a team that is here to win. And I don't think they're afraid of anyone. No. Not afraid of anyone. I think definitely not afraid of the Atlanta Braves. I think the Braves Maybe. might be afraid of them. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and, and we I, I lost think the Philly so. in the playoffs last year. The Braves, because they clinched the division so early, they shut it down two, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they're going to be able to turn it right back on like that. That's not an easy thing to do when you go from playing at a high level and mm-hmm. in rhythm, in the zone, and then you shut it down. You got trying to gear it back up. Some guys can do that, but it's not something that's easily done by everyone. So, honestly, I'm expecting the Phillies to win this in four games. It's four, a best of, whoa. Oh, it's, it's a best of five yeah, think, series. Best of five, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. I'm immediately, I was, in fact, I, I'm immediately thinking, yeah, that's what I was thinking. But no, oh, it's a right. best of five, so I got the Phillies going 3-1. Okay. I, I think, think they could split, in Atlanta, split the first two in Atlanta, come back to Philly, and handle our business. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If In fact, Atlanta don't want don't, to – don't let the Phillies win one of these two games. And that's the thing. Yeah. I think they will want to win one mm-hmm. of those first two in Atlanta. Have they said and, who's starting on Saturday yet? Um, it's, it's, it's Thursday as we, as, as we record this podcast. For so, Philly, I, I would assume it's going to be Ranger Suarez. Suarez, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But yeah. I don't think there has been an official announcement yet. And, of course, Taiwan Walker is still on the table. But I my gut tells me they'd go with Ranger. Mm-hmm. And then with the extra day's rest, you could come right could back. Come, come right with back Wheeler with Wheeler and Nola. Wheeler and Nola for games two and three. But we'll see what they do. No, I, 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 I like Ranger for game one. I, I like this team. I'm confident in this team. I love the way that they I love the way that they play. They play for each other. And and it's it's electric. And people have been talking about it uh all week long. Just the whole atmosphere in Philly. You know, just the way it was, you know, especially when you look at when you look at how just the whole scene played out in Tampa. Did you watch any of those games? The Tampa games? Yeah. It looked yeah. like, yo, yo, why it looked like they was playing in front of 37 people? Because they were. Yeah, no, I mean, it's crazy, though. No, no, no like, the, the, I watched, it was one of the morning shows, I believe, um, ESPN, morning, one of their morning shows, uh-huh. had, 
had the commissioner on, baseball commissioner Rob Manfred on, mm-hmm. and they discussed it. They brought that very conversation. They said it was maybe nineteen thousand people for, in Tampa Bay that showed up for a playoff game. Now, I'm not sure if anyone realizes how few, 19, of, how small of a crowd that is. Citizens Bank in a playoff game, you're going to see what sixty thousand. So that's a third of what you would get at at the bet. It's like we're not we're not that far removed from bad Phillies baseball. They've been able to turn it around. They've been able, you know, they have they've steadily this gotten is, better over the last two to three seasons. This but is only our not, second year out of a thirteen year playoff drought. Mm-hmm. The Phillies have made the playoffs 16, 17 times ever. We've seen a lot of bad yes, baseball. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. But what I'm what I'm saying is we know what what Citizens Bank Park looks like when only a fraction of people are there. Mm-hmm. And but we also, given the fact that I guess two two of the last real honestly, you know. Well, you you and I being all right, you know, be, being Philly Philly people in our in our forties, we remember a lot of the the good the good Phillies runs. They were all in our lifetime. Yeah, they're all in our lifetime. Yeah, that's like, that's my point. The first ones were when we were very young. Mm-hmm. Then there was the ninety three year. No, yeah. not not the ninety three run. The ninety three year. year. Yeah. And then there was the, the, the Rollins Utley Howard run, mm-hmm. and the Four Aces, mm-hmm. which was really one one championship, mm-hmm. one appearance, and a couple disappointments. Mm-hmm. If we're gonna be honest, it was a great team. Yeah, but there yeah. were a couple mm-hmm. disappointments during that year. Like yes. 2011, you had the best team in the league and lost in the in the divisional round. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but so, none, but nonetheless. We know throughout all of that, there was there was never a time when you there was never a time through any of those runs you could ever say anything about fan participation. You remember the vet in '93. The vet was rocking. Mm-hmm. You remember Citizens Bank Park from 2007 to 2012. Yes, there were some disappointments. Yes, there were you know there there were some times when the team might have felt fallen short, but it wasn't like, like Tampa Bay gets swept in a two, in a, in a best, best of three series. They lose two games. But the thing about the, the thing about the wild card is, you know, it it's the team with home field advantage has the whole series. It's not like you get, you know, one team gets a game. You know, the team oh, no, with, all, all three games, if necessary, are in your stadium. Yes. And, so and you, here's, Here's the thing that bothers me about this. Bad team, nobody shows up, they boo. Whatever happens, fine, you're a bad team. But when you're a playoff team, when you're a 90-win baseball team, Mm -hmm. you can't – and I don't want to blame the loss on the fans, Mm -hmm. but – from like when you hear like for like the Phillies, when 
Wheeler pull, comes up, comes out for game one, and he says he's getting goosebumps, and he can feel the crowd getting him juiced mm -hmm. up, and then comes out throwing 98, 99. You know exactly. The crowd saved Trey Turner's whole season. Like the crowd can't like it or not, it impacts these guys. Mm -hmm. Yes. And for the so for the crowd to not show up for a playoff game, I can't even when their impact is most meaningful. I can't what are we even, even fathom doing? It. Like, what are we even doing at this? Can't point? fathom it. Can't even. I, I can't even put it in my mind. You know, uh, somebody try. Somebody made a post on Twitter, basically saying, like, why would you put a playoff game in uh, in the middle of the afternoon on a weekday? And people from Philly was like, it wouldn't matter where you, what time you put that game, uh, put that game, Philly would sell out. It's like, look, it wouldn't matter if it was 3.30 in the afternoon or 3.30 in the morning. The bank would be sold out. It would be rocking. Oh, people are missing work, going to get people, their kid yeah, early exactly. school. Like, exactly. Junior, no math today, Junior. A three, count, these, count these balls and strikes. A 3.30 a.m. game. The biggest question among Philly fans would be, do you let your kids go to sleep tonight? Or do you just stay up and wait to go to the game? If the game's at 3.30 a.m. If, if the game's at 3.30 in the morning, do you let your kids go to sleep? Or do you say, nah, we got to stay up and watch this game? Oh, that's not even going to be the question because your kids are watching the game. Yeah, oh, yeah, the kids going to watch the game. The, only, the question is, do they go to sleep after the game or do you just or do they get take off school? That's mm -hmm. the only question because you Honestly, know they're watching and, the game. And that's, and, that's going to be, and that's going to be decided by whether or not they win. Mm -hmm. Phillies win a 3.30 a.m. game? Nah, we staying home. Forget school. In fact, what school district's going to stay open? Phillies win a 3.30 a.m. You know, Philly school's going to be closed. So, you could buy a plane ticket. Mm -hmm. a, a ticket to... The stadium in Atlanta for game one. Yeah, whatever that stadium is called because and stadiums and don't a, last long in, in, in Atlanta. And a ticket back home to Philly for less than what it would cost you to get a ticket for the for game three in Philly. That's because crazy. the secondary market, we it matters in Philly. Yes. We care. Yes. Some of these cities got tickets going for seven bucks trying to try to move units. Nah, Philly, those units they've been moved. Flipped, repackaged. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, oh man, you, you got Stringer I, Bell putting the word out. We back exa up exactly. <laughs> Let everybody out there know we we back up exactly. exactly. Like, we do it different here. Mm -hmm. I can't see it, man. I can't see. It. There'll never be empty. There'll never ever. You'll never ever see empty seats at a playoff game for any Philly sport. I, like, I was watching. You're watching the national broadcast for Phillies game one. Mm -hmm. The announcers during the game were actually noting, like, they literally could not find one empty seat as they looked mm -hmm. around. Not one. And Tampa Bay has two thirds of their stadium empty. It's ridiculous. Like, you could have rolled up in the fifth inning, like, let me get a seat. I got $2. They'd be like, come on, I got you. Well, exactly. <laughs> like, 
should be ashamed. They should be ashamed. Uh, I just, they should, you, you, you're making a case for contraction at this point. Like, you know, just yes, shut the yes, whole team down. Shut, shut the whole team down, man. They should be ashamed of themselves. It's whatever, man. But the Phillies are moving on. Place, uh, facing the Braves by next week. When we do this show, hopefully, uh, let's see, what is it? Uh, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday are the first three games. I believe so. so yeah. So, so hopefully by then we're we should up have, to one. Yeah, yeah. I'll take. I mean, it. I, I called it in four, so at that point we should be up to one. Okay. Split Atlanta it. won the first one in Philly. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Let's let's have it. All right, man. Uh. Time to talk Eagles, bro. Let's get let's get back to oh, the not, Eagles. Oh, uh, we got one more thing to do before we do that. Oh no! Because remember, episode one of this season. Yes. Do you remember how I started this season of Jonesy and Brown? Yeah. Yes. What What did I say? I what my, What did I say the Sixers should do that? Blow it all I said, up. I said they should blow it up. Yes. When we had our family meeting at the end of last season after that disappointment. Yes. Shout out to Adio Royster and Javon Offer. At that point, yes. I said blow it up. Yes, you did. You, you absolutely then, did. Since then, your two biggest rivals in the East. Have both gotten infinitely better. Have, have both gotten significantly better. Dame. Goes to Milwaukee, which gives them a bona fide closer perimeter scoring threat to go alongside Middleton. Middleton was their closer and did the job admirably. But now you got Dane and Middleton, both guys you can count on to make big shots close. And Giannis is still the engine of the team. Boston, they had made moves earlier. They got bigger. They brought in Przingis. They did some other things. and then But you wondered, especially with Smart gone, Smart even himself was a, more of a defensive player than a playmaker at the point. Mm-hmm. Now they have a bona fide point guard in there and Drew Holiday. Boston got better. Meanwhile... Philly's just happy James Harden showed up to Kent. Happy showed up for camp. And happy he didn't come in wearing a fat suit. He didn't come in with a a t-shirt that said Daryl Morey is a liar. Because you and I know. Because we talk. Mm-hmm. There are certain, there are stories, there are angles, there are things that you pay attention to and you 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 listen to, and then there are sometimes you hear things and you just brush it off because it just sounds like hearsay and just made up narratives because that's where we are now as a community, as a society, where in this social media era. People will just say what they want, and because they have a forum like a Twitter, like a Instagram, like you know, whatever, we have to give it some sort of attention. We have to give it some sort of credit. Either way, I had read somewhere that 
uh, I had read uh, reports that James Harden said he was going to show up to camp and create a scene. So I'm thinking, yeah, that just sounds crazy. That's now that crazy. I didn't expect strictly because the commissioner mm-hmm. has been vocal this offseason about his displeasure with players making specific demands about where they want to be traded. Mm-hmm. And Harden also, after being fined for some comments he made earlier in the offseason, has assured the commissioner that he plans to fulfill any contractual obligations he may have. He may mm-hmm. not be fully committed or give you his best effort, but he does plan to at least fulfill his contractual obligations. So he's going to show up. He's going to play. Mm-hmm. He may not play well, but he's going to show up and he's going to play. Mm-hmm. And look, to be honest, at this point in Harden's career, he needs to show up. He needs to play. And he really needs to play well because he would not be the first guy to have something left in the tank and not be able to get a job because owners and GMs think he's a distraction or mm-hmm. other. Boogie Cousins still has something in the in the tank, and I haven't seen him on the court in a couple years. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just how it – if you're – you know, look, at, look at the end of Carmelo's career. Correct. Look how, you know, look how it was, you know, for Carmelo. Mm-hmm. He, pr- he probably still had a little left in the tank. But he wasn't – teams weren't lining up to sign him because there was there was a perceived distraction. And, and that's really all it takes for an older player. And for me, I guess it just sounded kind of far-fetched. But as I researched it, it, it came from more credible sources that that's what Harden intended to do. Mm-hmm. Now, here's where it really gets interesting. Mm -hmm. The report I heard today about Harden, and I believe I sent this to you, Javon, as I saw it, Mm -hmm. James Harden apparently talked himself out of the max contract with Houston. You know, there was all that smoke about during the from Mm -hmm. December on about him returning to Houston. And then when we got to the offseason, it's suddenly like, nope, we don't want him. Mm Mm-hmm. But apparently, from what we are being told, Houston was prepared to offer Harden mm-hmm. the max deal for four years. But when they met with Harden, he comes in talking about he, he wants to get back to the scoring champ, MVP-type mm-hmm. Harden. And that wasn't what Houston or really anybody wants from Harden at this point, which is where there is the real disconnect because he wants – he thinks he needs the freedom to do that, which is why he wants out of Philly. Mm-hmm. Nobody that wants to win wants him to play like that. And he's talking about he wants to go to a contender. Like, no, if you want to go to a contender, you have to play team ball. Exactly. If you Here. want to be highlight hard and send you, we'll send you anywhere for that. You, the league has always been filled with guys who are willing to go to bad teams and be the best player. Mm-hmm. If you want to be highlight Harden, you know, go to one of these smaller, te- you know, these bottom feeder teams. Don't 
You can't make you know, demands on, uh, for a contender and want to contend- be highlight hard. Contender. That's the reason why they're contenders. Because There's a reason why they're contenders because they play team basketball, and most and for pretty much most of them, they have their star already. Mm-hmm. They have a couple stars. Exactly. Milwaukee doesn't need highlight Harden. Boston doesn't need highlight Harden. The Clippers State, don't need hard highlight Harden. Who really? How do you say that to your locker room? Yes, I know we got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, but look, we need to make sure this ball goes through James Harden. We got Russ Westbrook, too. Try, try telling Russ Westbrook that, that he's got to take a back seat to highlight Harden. It's like, didn't I? It's like, I was already on a team that got rid of that dude. It's like, I've been there, done that. Twice. That's the same reason. Westbrook got moved out from the Lakers. Like, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Like, I've been screaming this for years, but, you know, people will will figure it out eventually. That style of ball doesn't work from your primary ball hand. Mm -hmm. Just doesn't work. They'll put up big numbers and your team will lose. Yeah, and and, and I think maybe, just maybe, but it looks like, that's starting to sink in with Westbrook. And that's why he's been able to stay in the league. Because I think he's he was on the cusp of that making it about me until he falls out of the league. Like joining that joining that uh that Boogie Cousins, that mellow, that Dwight Howard type uh mm-hmm. type situation where you could you could contribute. You have something in the tank, but teams just don't want you no more. Well, honestly, I think the only reason Westbrook was able to salvage anything with the Clippers last season after he got traded from the Lakers is simply because of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard's limited availability. Because when they were both out there, there was still chemistry issues but when it's one or neither of them Westbrook mm-hmm. has opportunity to be that dominant that ball dominant guy again mm-hmm. and so that that is really the main reason why I think we saw life out of Westbrook with the Clippers because mm-hmm. they had opportunity for him to be the one man show on at least every other night or so because of the lack of availability of their stars all right, real quick before we move on to football, shout out to uh, Elijah Newman. He wants to know what you think uh, Lakers and Boston are going to do. I think Boston is going – Boston could quite possibly Boston, win the East. Boston's a serious contender to make a finals run. And that sucks. That pain – that hurt my soul just to say it. The Lakers, I I don't see much from them. They're, yeah. they're getting old. Their best player is 39. And LeBron, did you ever, think, did you ever I, think that you would see the po- you would get to the point where LeBron James is now the oldest player in the league? Mm-hmm. You did, yeah. Because LeBron is playing to be remembered as the greatest, mm-hmm. he's, which means he's playing for stats and accolades. Mm-hmm. You got to play for a long time to get them. You know, but you want you, career. Well, I guess 
like when I wasn't sure, like I, I guess when if you go back 20 years mm-hmm. when when we were seeing high school players go into the league. I used I think one of the things that you used to hear was because because they were the years by that player college they're getting pro stats. They're getting makes, pro stats. It makes and it easier for them to accomplish certain feats. That and also they're because they're bypassing college, they're getting that pro wear and tear on their bodies from a younger age. So you might not see them on the tail end play as longer because they've been playing at that pro level for so long. That's not an argument I ever really bought into. Because okay. to say that is like to say the college guys aren't working. Those mm-hmm. college guys, they don't play as many games under the whistle, but mm-hmm. they're still putting in all the hours every day, try, especially trying to fulfill those dreams of getting to the league. It's no less wear and tear. Mm-hmm. It's just less camera time. Okay. All right. Understand. Understand. But what I, do, what I did think is those guys getting two, three extra years in the league makes it easier for longevity stats like the scoring record mm-hmm. to call like imagine give Kareem three extra years in the NBA and see what the scoring record looks like. You wouldn't touch him. But he but as he as is because he mm-hmm. went to UCLA for a yeah. few years. I mean yeah I mean get, get look at how long it finally took for his record to be broken. Mm-hmm. And you like, know. or like a, a guy like Michael Jordan Let's forget, like, assume he still retires both times like he did. Uh-huh. Give him three extra years in the NBA simply because he bypassed North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And what do his numbers look like? You know? Mm-hmm. These are the, these are the things where you see, oh, like, that's where I see the difference in high school players mm-hmm. coming in. And then now it's also with the extra, with the extra emphasis on conditioning and sports science and stuff a player that used to especially in a sport like basketball would see their prime from 28 to 32 33 34 these guys were retiring guys now are more regularly attempting to play to 35 36 37 not all of them are great at that age but you're starting to see them attempt to play into those years more regularly. Mm-hmm. So we'll see numbers fall more and more. Yep. But definitely. Definitely. But like, uh, a guy like Harden, real quick because we got I want to get to the Eagles, but a guy like Harden who's 34 going on 35, even in an extended basketball prime, he was never the guy who took the best care of his body. Mm-hmm. He's never been the guy known for having the the greatest work ethic and I just don't know how much leverage he actually has left. No, and, and and maybe he's starting to realize that that he has to play nice a little he has to play nice a little bit more and maybe that's what brought him into camp. Because so far there hasn't been a lot of incidents, not a lot of controversy. Now that he is in camp, now that Harden is there. Mm-hmm. He seems to be participating, doing what he has to do. He at least looks good. He doesn't look like he's been doing nothing but eating chips and wings all summer. But he 
so you know, so far so good, even though we all know he doesn't want to be there. We all know he wants out. We all know where he wants to go. What we don't know is how bad that team wants him. But you know, it is what it is what it is. It is it is what it is. But let's move on, man. We got Eagles to talk about. We got birds to talk about. Eagles facing the Rams on Sunday. Eagles four and zero. The four and zero Eagles. The four and zero Eagles. Before we even talk about the Rams, uh-huh. let's talk about something else real quick. The Eagles are four and zero. Four and zero. Yes, but undefeated. Yet some, somehow, every week when I see people's power rankings, the Eagles are third, four. There's only one other undefeated team in the league. Yes. But you'll have all these teams have two two or three one-loss teams ahead of the Eagles in power rankings for some people. How does that make you feel? Do you feel like the Eagles are being disrespected, or do you feel like the Eagles oh. struggles, and you see the air quotes when I say struggles, mm-hmm. are justified, justifiable for lowering their power rank? where they appear in people's power rankings. I asked, I asked you a question in our mm-hmm. regular group chat. I, I I asked you a question about you power did, rankings. Which is why I wanted to come back to it. Mm-hmm. Because of a previous conversation slash argument that we had on this show. Oh, I, de- I despise participation trophies. For anybody who doesn't yeah. know, I hate participation trophies. Trophies are for winners, not mm-hmm. for participants. I the reason why that was an argument wasn't because I disagree with his take on participation trophies, but we were talking about a specific incident and whether or not that specific incident constituted a, a participation trophy. Correct. How? It, but my question. Because I I feel like the the argument that you that you made about participation trophies can be added to a lot of things. I say that because sometimes I feel like power rankings are part of that participation trophy. <laughs> and I feel you. No, for me, I don't necessarily because for me, I think I see power rankings as whatever journalist, whatever analyst woke up on Monday, Tuesday morning after the week last game and says, "I feel like these are the best five teams right now," mm-hmm. and so it's just a snapshot of where that one analyst fe- that did the power rankings mm-hmm. feels like the teams they are right now. Yeah. So I don't necessarily see it as a participation trophy. As much as sometimes I just see it as a delusion. Like, say you're a Chiefs, you know, a Chief supporter mm-hmm. and analyst, right? And you have your power rankings as 49ers, then Chiefs, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have the Chiefs ahead of the Eagles because you say that, well, the Eagles haven't had a great complete game yet. But the Chiefs lost one and they almost lost to the Jets. Mm-hmm. They had two games where they didn't look great. And the Eagles, whether or not they had a game where they didn't look great, they won it. Yeah. How? 
But how are they getting pushed down for style points in their power rankings? But a team with a loss is not being pushed down for style points. That's where I see it in more delusion than like it's fans wanting to hold on to hope. And it, you know, it's this delusion is, to me. This is why I call power rankings a participation trophy. How did how did you start this conversation? How did you describe the Philadelphia Eagles when we started this conversation? Four and zero. Exactly. My team's four and zero. That's why I believe that they're one of the best teams, top two uh, teams in the NFL, because they have not lost yet, because no one has beaten them yet, because every week when they put their hands in the dirt against another team, they come out and they have won. Mm-hmm. Now, now in NFL, mm-hmm. with the schedule being what it is, early in the year, if you're one of the last undefeated teams, it doesn't necessarily mean you're the best team. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I do allow for a little wiggle room there. Yeah, but, but you know, but we I'll have take... to apply. We have to apply our standards evenly, which is why I say is delusion. I can't knock a team for style points when they're winning when a team with a loss doesn't get knocked for those style points. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's where I'm just like, yeah, this is just bias from fans. Mm-hmm. You like that team so that you're showing bias. That's how I look at it. Because we, I don't call, necessarily consider it a participation trophy mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, we are still nitpicking between very good teams. Yes. And we do know it's still subjective with power rankings. Because we we're not we know we're not just doing a thing where we're going the standings. This is not the standings. Mm-hmm. It's eye testing all who looks like the four, the four or five. If you are te- if you are telling someone that your team is better than theirs because of somebody's power rankings, in my eyes, that's a participation trophy. I don't care whose power rankings you have. If your team has a loss and my team does not, then don't talk to me. That's just in the realm of trash talking, which is all that we're doing as fans. Mm -hmm. If your team has a loss, so that means, yes, I am talking to you, Dallas Cowboys fans. Don't talk to me about whose power rankings, where somebody has your power rankings. I don't care about your power rankings. Well, I care about who won on Sunday. Well, here's the beauty of it for me. This season specifically, you look at the Eagles' schedule. It has the 49ers on it. Yes, it does. It has the Cowboys on it. Two times a year. And it has the Chiefs on it. Yes, it does. All of this gets settled on the field. Yes. So, <laughs> And here's the thing. That's the you know the the Eagles specifically all the the top teams play. Eagles could lose to the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Eagles usually split the series with the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Eagles could lose. uh, You know, uh, let's see who else. Uh, Eagles could lose to Buffalo. You know, you know whoever. That's that's fine. At no point in time. In my talk about why I believe my team is better than somebody else's team, have I ever tried to use power rankings? That's why for me, power rankings is just like, that's just some fan telling me what they think. 
What they are we really doing mean, here? They're really meaningless. Like, if power rankings meant more, I'd call them a participation trophy. Mm-hmm. But they don't really mean anything. No. If so I, it's not, that's why I don't. They don't even rise to the level of participation trophy to me. They're just fan opinion. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna put you out here. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this guy out here. Shout out to my man Dre. I grew up with Dre. I've known Dre since he was. I've known Dre since we were in the first grade. That's been my man, Fifty Grand. JB, do me a favor. Uh huh. R- ramble to the people for two minutes. I'll be right okay. back. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Do, do this. I, 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 cause I got, I, I got a ramble. I got one. My man Dre. Been my man, Fifty Grand since first grade he's always been a diehard 49ers fan always been you know always been 10 toes down for the 49ers you know we're going back and forth this season about you know eagles and 49ers and my response to him pretty much since last season has been 31 to 7 this man wants to make fun of the Eagles every week, how they look every week. Oh, man, the Eagles suck, Eagles stink. And I'm just like, bro, 31-7. to 7. That's all That's all I need. That's all you need to do. That's all that needs to be said. Bottom line is when your team played my team, when everything was on the line, know what happened? 31-7. to 7. Quarterback got knocked out the game. His backup got knocked out the game. We dominated. This man wants to come back at me with power rankings. And my first thought, when it all comes down to it, I'm like, bro, I remember back in the day when we were kids, you used to talk about Montana. You used to talk about Jerry Rice. And you used to talk about the 49ers winning championships. That's what you used to talk to me about when we were trash talking about the 49ers and the Eagles. Now you're talking about power rankings? That's what we doing? That's what you base it? I'm talking to you about what happened when your team played my team when the season was on the line. And you come back with power rankings? should be ashamed of yourself, dog. Montana and Rice are ashamed of you, 49ers fans. If that's what you're talking about, power rankings? Bottom line is 49ers will play the Eagles later on this season. If all goes right, 49ers will, the 49ers will face the Philadelphia Eagles sometime in the playoffs with the season on the line. They got to put their hands in the dirt and they got to take on one another. And then we're going to see who's best. We're going to see who's better. And no, it's not going to matter. Power rankings. Nobody's going to care when the season is on the line. Nobody's going to care what your power rankings were in September or October. And that's what makes it a, uh, that's what makes it a uh, participation trophy. And I feel you. And I'm not saying anything you're like, I, I understand your logic, mm-hmm. not disagreeing with anything you're saying. Uh-huh. It's simply for me that power rankings are so meaningless They just don't count enough to even be considered a trophy. Mm -hmm. So I don't think of them as, that's why I don't think of them as participation trophies because they count for nothing. 
Well, I think most yeah. people think, I, I guess, and, and my thing to that is most people think participation trophies are meaningless anyway. So we're talking about something that's meaningless. So, you know. That's what I mean. It's not like I, that's what I'm yeah. I don't disagree with your logic at all. Yeah. It's just if you ask me our power rankings of participation trophy, it's like, nah, because they don't even rise to the level of trophy. Yeah, I, it, it's like, it, it, it's something where no matter, if you search hard enough, pretty much if your team is any good, you're going to find some power rankings where your team is on top. Right, and if not, the way the way sports commentary is now in the social media age, whereas mm-hmm. if we wanted to come out with a Jonesy and Brown NFL power ranking, we could, and we mm-hmm. would put the Philadelphia Eagles on top, and and mm-hmm. and then what? What am I then going to do? Then brag up? Hey, look at that. Jonesy and Brown said the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in the league, and then somebody mm-hmm. would say, "Wait a minute." Aren't, aren't, the, Brown? aren't those Eagles guys? Yeah. Like, aren't, like, aren't, the, aren't those Eagles guys? Hey, like, aren't they the biased? Jo- aren't, hey, the Jonesy and Brown power ranking said the Eagles were the best team in the league. And then they're, wait a minute, aren't you Jonesy and Brown? What's that got to do? Exactly. 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 Whatever. Real quick. Uh, we got the Rams on Sunday. Rams aren't necessarily what they used to be, but they're still, you know, they're still a formidable opponent. They got their Super Bowl ring, traded all their draft picks to get players now. Pretty much they're, they're, they're a team with some some old older guys. They've had their struggles. They have a couple of receivers. They, yes, they're, they do have a couple of Their quarterback can still throw the ball. And that's and still, still Aaron have, Donald. And they still have Aaron Donald in the middle of that D line. Yeah. That so, being said, what are your what do you expect for Sunday? My expectations for Sunday. All right, back up a little bit. So after weeks one and week two, and week three, well, week three, I said I was starting to see something. Week two, week one, and week two, the offense struggled. Yeah. Week three, I actually said I liked what I was starting to see mm-hmm. because I Brian Johnson. Well, week two, and then going into week three, where they actually started using Swift, I said that boded well for the offense mm-hmm. because this offense functions off the threat of the run, not necessarily off of a sixty percent run share or anything like that. But the fact that the opponent has to respect what this offensive line and running back room are able to do on the field, mm-hmm. now you'll see opportunities where teams say, you're not gashing us for 150, 200 yards on the ground. We're not going to let that happen. And now Jalen Hurts has room to, to let the ball go downfield. Mm-hmm. You'll start to see the big plays from Smith and Brown and hopefully one day Goddard. So what we saw against Washington where the offense actually started to open up some, put up 34 points is a direct result in my mind of Washington having to respect the threat of Swift being able to break one at any given moment. Mm -hmm. And now that Johnson has both, 
in the minds of opposing D coordinators, he can now he can really open up this offensive playbook. So I expect to see the Eagles back to your original question about the Rams this Sunday. Mm-hmm. I expect to see the Eagles score 31 plus points and the Rams are going to have to score to keep up. That's what I expect to see from the Rams. And I don't expect them to be able to score enough. Yeah. I see 38-24 Eagles. I think Eagles defense didn't have the best of games on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Especially what do you think down about the addition of Bradley Roby. I, I, I think it makes them deeper. I think it, I, I I think I'm not quite sure if I'm ready to call him a, a difference maker, but I'm glad they got him. I'll say this: like the fact that he's a veteran who spent most of his career at the nickel, mm-hmm. because you know as much as we like Bradbury moving him to the nickel and putting Job on the outside, Bradbury's not as good of a he's good, but he's not as good of a nickel yeah. as Maddox was. Mm-hmm. And Job is nowhere near as good of outside as Bradbury was. So you really got worse at two positions. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you can bring in an, a serviceable vet to play the nickel and move Bradbury back to the outside, I, I, I like think, that idea better. I think there is a place for Job on this team. I just don't know where it's I do. It, I do as well. Rookie, think, yeah, it, corner, yeah. Outside corners rough on rookies. Yeah. The NFL right now, you can't get physical receivers, mm-hmm. and you got a lot of receiving talent out there in the league. Yeah, putting putting a young player on the outside is tough. I, I am not ready. I am not ready to to close the book on Job yet. But uh-huh. I do. I'm not but I do. Cut Job. Yeah, yeah. But I. But I, I'm just saying in the, in the in the mix in the rotation rather than having him as your starting outside corner. He's had some very visible struggles. That's what right. I'm. That's what I'm saying. You know, he. There have been times in games where he has given up big plays. He's been. I. I, I think the term "exposed" is is a little bit overused. I don't know if he, I, I'm not quite sure if I would call him exposed. But how, however, very there's a learning vis- curve. For him. Yeah, very a, a learning a learning curve that he very visibly struggled with. So. I, you know, maybe you got to slow things down with Job and kind of ease him back into more playing time. So mm-hmm. that being said, I do like that move. I'm not quite sure. You know, I, I, this wasn't necessarily a move for the future. That was a, this was a move for now. I think, you know, bringing in Roby makes them, uh, makes them better now as they work to get healthier and it adds, uh, adds a veteran presence down the stretch with a rookie that, has had some that has had some struggles of his own. So I like it. Uh that being said, my my point was I thought that they the defense struggled against Washington. I don't know if you have I don't know if this defense has a game like that two games in a row. I think this defense is going to want to get back on track. So I'm not quite sure if I see the LA Rams putting up 24 points. Mm. I could see, I could see thirty four seventeen. I could see thirty. You know, you know, I, I could see this offense putting up big numbers, and this not even being close. This being a statement game. Well, my counter would be this: if our offense 
does end up putting up big numbers and getting mm -hmm. a big lead, you know you're going to see that soft coverage mm -hmm. that has allowed a lot of quarterbacks to get comfortable and start getting the rhythm and put up numbers. And whether or not the actual game is close, what you see on the scoreboard reflects that soft coverage Well, we've been known to play once we get leads. That is true, too. That is true. That is true. Either way, you said uh, you said 31, 24, 38, 24, 38, 24. Okay. Mm -hmm. I am saying I am saying 34, 17. Okay. All right. Let me let, let me pull out. So, let, let me pull out the high tech uh, documenting uh, equipment right now, which is a pad and some pencil, a, a, a pad and some paper. You said 38, 24. Mm hmm. I, am I think saying, the offense continues to roll. I think we keep getting better offense, offensive rhythm. And I think the defense makes a couple plays, maybe a turnover or two. That'll be the difference in the game. So there you have it. All right. 38-24 for my man Jonesy. 34-17 for me. You let us know what you think. You hit us up Facebook, Instagram, or X. Slash X. Twitter. Or X. It was funny. I like my iPad still says Twitter notifications. Exactly. Like when I when I get an alert, it still says you got a Twitter notification. Still says Twitter notifications, but the icon or or the icon is, is switched over to X. I, I look, man. I, I work too hard creating graphics, man. I, I'm not looking for an X graphic yet. <laughs> if I say Twitter, you you know where to find it. Either way, it's B I T W Sports. And it's Jonesy and Brown. Three words all together. Jonesy and Brown. Remember, you can download this podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us and you listen to us. Just go to bitwsports.com and there you'll see the list of all the places you can find the Jonesy and Brown show. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Mike Jones. That's John Brown. Yes. Y'all enjoy y'all weekend. Enjoy the football. Enjoy the sports. Enjoy the baseball. Basketball's coming soon. Next, uh, I think next week the preseason starts in NBA basketball. So training camp is already started. So you know the preseason's next. Yes, sir. So we'll have plenty to talk about next time on the Jonesy and Brown Show. You guys have a great weekend. We out, y'all. Peace. You feel on this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown.